wrap up National Signing Day here. What is your one big takeaway? If you've got something, what is your one big takeaway from National Signing Day? One big takeaway, I I said it earlier, I think it's making the best out of a bad situation. I think Coach Harson and this staff did a did a very admirable job, admirable job to get this recruiting class to 30. This is a bad recruiting class. There's no way to you know to gift wrap it. It's a bad class, but given the circumstances, I think it is a good class. It is a good class in terms of it could have been so much worse given the, t- the fact that he didn't have a lot of time. And it's, it's not his fault. And it's not Harson's fault at all. Just want to reiterate the fact that it is not Harson's fault at all because he did not quite have the time to really get this. And I think he did a good job in terms of just getting the players that were available by the time he got there and, you know, selling Auburn in a way that was very hard for him to he was facing a really really stiff competition with this one I'm more interested to see what he does next year I know a lot of people are upset a lot of people are disappointed with the amount of three stars and this recruiting class in general and it's fair to be disappointed about the three stars coming in of course it's it's very fair to feel that way I would just like to say be a little patient this was not coach Harson's full class it really wasn't his class at all wait till the next one if we see a common a commonality in this one and next year, next year's recruiting class. You can be a little hesitant and be really upset then. Then you might want to start panicking, but I don't think that'll be the case. Sure. And this is and once again, theme of today's show, it is day one of the new Harson era, in my opinion. Like now everything is focused on the future. You're kind of half in, half out before yesterday. You're you're still wrapping up the 2020-2021 year with signing day yesterday and then everything leading up to it while also looking ahead to the future because you've been building your coaching staff together. You've been installing new ideas and putting in your philosophy and trying to get everybody on the same page in this new regime and which direction you're going. Now you are walking in that direction. I'll say this. I think Auburn's still facing an uphill battle in recruiting right now. Even going into this first full year for Harson. Auburn's facing an uphill battle in recruiting, mainly because the pandemic hasn't gone anywhere. We're still dealing with restrictions. I mean, you you can't get guys on campus right now with in contact with staffs and, and, and with the coaches. So that's something that's going against Auburn that I that I think is a big part of why Auburn has had a hard time bringing in some of these four stars that they keep missing out on because they sell the Auburn experience. They sell the Auburn family. How can you do that if you don't get them in firsthand and show them the places that truly exhibit that? It's been, it has been very difficult. You don't get that from the other side of a computer screen. You just don't. And having to meet with these guys virtually, you don't get that until you step into Auburn, Alabama and you walk onto the campus and you are you are absorbing and taking in the planes. You just don't get that. It, it is it is a brutally uphill battle for Brian Harson and this staff recruiting moving forward while the pandemic is still going on. Because I think what we saw on signing day and what we've seen across this entire recruiting cycle during the pandemic, we've seen the top teams dominate and then everybody else fended for themselves there. And I think we've seen that in results of games as well. I think, I, I think you look out through all of athletics, whether it's collegiate or professional, I think what we have seen is, and, and there was a big question about how not having fans at ball games and how you know limited home court environments would affect 
athletics. And I think some people may have thought it could have been an equalizer for worse teams to be able to compete on the same floor. I think it's with, been the opposite. It has been the opposite. <laughs> I think the, it's been the opposite. It, it has gone the way of, of chalk. It has gone the way of the, the better team ha, has typically won. I, I, I think limiting some of the home court, home field environments throughout football and basketball ha, has not brought on more upsets, but it has brought on less parity. And that's happened in recruiting as well. 100%. It, the teams that are at the top, your Alabama's, Clemson's, LSU's, Georgia's, those teams are still in Ohio State. Can't believe I forgot them in that group. Those teams are still grabbing recruits because they don't have to do they don't have to do as much selling. They can just hop on a Zoom call and say they're always going to tell you you could come here and start immediately and uh or you could just come to Alabama and go to the pros and see how many pros they have in the league in terms of a college football standpoint. We all watched Nick Saban's pitch on social we, media. We saw you've it. got it. We've seen it. I mean, somebody recorded it. And so, but that's my big takeaway. Go, going on to the, back to the question that we opened the show, the show with, what is your one big takeaway from National Signing Day? We want to hear from you. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. My one big takeaway is from the national stage kind of looking at signing day from a thousand feet above and looking at how everything unfolded in the battlefield and you look at the top three that has been primarily in the college football playoff since its inception Alabama Ohio State and Clemson the three that have dominated college football more than any other group in college football in the last decade they all finish in this inside the top five of recruiting and Clemson the only reason why they didn't finish higher is because they had less recruits if you look at their average of recruits they finished third in the country in average rating on 24 7 sports composite so Alabama finishing number one Ohio State at number two and Clemson at number five and they're and specifically Ohio State and Clemson they aren't receiving stiff competition from anyone else in their conference when it comes down to recruiting the next closest ACC school to Clemson sits at 12th with Miami and of course this I think is an above average class for Miami compared to where they have been at in recent years with the turmoil that has gone on in that program but after that it's 14 with North Carolina you look in the Big Ten with Ohio State the closest Big Ten team is at 10 they're eight spots away you look at it between Clemson and Miami there's seven spots Ohio State and Michigan there is eight spots you know how many spots separate Alabama and the next SEC team two Georgia's at third overall and then there's three after the team after that LSU is at four and then A&M's at seven you, you just look at the SEC there's there's four teams inside the top seven in the SEC and Alabama is still somehow and, and I'm not turning this into a Nick Saban love fest I'm just saying this is more about Clemson and Ohio State don't have nearly the degree of competition facing them in their conference this top three in college football is not going anywhere right now not at all and you can see Alabama can still hold its own recruiting even when you have Georgia and LSU right behind them this was the number one recruiting class of all time statistically in terms of the composite averages and whatnot and they Alabama was able to do this with Georgia and LSU nipping at the heels so it's it's crazy to see that they can still recruit at that high level with teams in their own conference right behind them and it's a testament to them because Clemson and Ohio State can do it but who's really challenging them in their own conference so that also brings up my next point that's still connected to one so we'll go 1a now we go to 1b it's also a reminder of Georgia's shortcomings in the Kirby Smart era Georgia this is not 
this is they are no surprise seeing them in the top three here. They've been in the top three, top five for it seems every year that Kirby Smart's been here, but they still can't do it on the national stage. They've only been there one time. There is not a coach in college football who has done less with as much talent as Kirby Smart has on his roster. That's fair. I was trying to think. I was over here trying to think if there's another one. I'm sure there's one that could rival rival it if I could really think on it. But it's it's the quarterback position. That's what's been the that's what has been the antagonist for Kirby Smart. Nor is there a coach that has been dominated by one team as much as Kirby Smart has been dominated by Alabama. When you're talking about comparable recruiting, the recruits, the recruiting class, sure Alabama nine out of the last eleven. They have finished as the top team in recruiting overall. But Georgia, once again, look, the top three classes, the top four classes, there's not a huge difference. Now, this Alabama class, it's being lauded as the greatest recruiting class in in modern college football history. Fine. But this Georgia class, two spots behind them, when those two teams line up, as far as starters are concerned, there are fives and four stars everywhere. There's not a huge difference. So for Kirby Smart to not even be able to get one, on Nick Saban for Kirby Smart to not even win a substantial game against Nick Saban and to be beaten the way that he has been I mean the closest it came was in the national championship and it probably wouldn't have been close if Tua had started at the beginning of that ball game I don't know Georgia dominated that first half they dominated because most Jaylen of that game Hertz was out there until Tua Tagovailoa came in the game it's it's an interesting thing I mean it kind of goes back to that that age-old Georgia curse the choking the choke artists that are in that state with the bulldogs the braves the falcons they all just big moment hits and they just shrink and wither away a lot like auburn basketball was doing earlier this year but i don't know man it's crazy to think that this georgia team is so close to alabama in terms of recruiting and still just cannot get a win against mind-boggling they have four or five stars in this class 20 commits 11 four stars five three stars this Georgia class is good enough to be a number one class some years you know in the same as Ohio State's and Alabama's in that top three LSU's is even very good at, at number four theirs is boosted up a little bit by the fact that they have so many commits they have 22 commits compared to Georgia's 20 and those two make a difference that they've got three up on Clemson at five those three make a difference in the way these rankings are generated but this is just another reminder of Georgia's shortcomings despite the fact of of the high level the high caliber that they recruit at because it says something that when I see Georgia at three I've now been conditioned to the point now where I'm thinking yeah it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it's like what are they going to do with it what are they matter. Done? yeah what are they now do? Georgia they in doing? comparison to everyone else now I'm not talking about Georgia in comparison to the national stage of that top three teams which is where this conversation has begun it, it's talking about you know Alabama Ohio State Clemson could Georgia get in that mix well, I, I'm not so certain because Kirby Smart has been dominated every year by Alabama whenever it's came down to it. But if you compare Georgia to Florida, there's 10 spots separating them. Florida's at 13th overall. That is a big difference. And Florida hasn't really been able to gain ground on Georgia in that rivalry when it, when it comes down to recruiting. And there's no one else in the SEC East that can even hold a flame to those two teams. Maybe you say Tennessee when they put together the 16th overall class, but we all see where what direction that program's going, right? It's like Tennessee has had some success in recruiting, but now we see what direction the program's going right now. Nobody else in the East can even hold a flame to Georgia and Florida. And not at all. I mean, it's and Florida's lagging behind by ten spots. So I, st- I still think it's Georgia's division by far. I don't. I don't think it's as close as people even think with Georgia and Florida. I mean, recruiting, 
that's a that's a big difference. And I, I just don't think that they're going to be able to field the team. I don't think they're going to have a team as talented to compete with Georgia next year. And then the other main rival for Georgia that affects SEC standings, primarily more so for Auburn than it does for Georgia because Georgia doesn't have any other SEC East competition, whereas Auburn has all of the SEC competition in the West. But you look at where Auburn is at, they're at 30th overall, and Georgia's sitting at third. There's 27 spots separating the two. So moving forward, uphill battle for Harson, not his fault on this class. But if you just look at it, plain and simple, Jimmy's and Joe's, more important than X's and O's. And right now, that top four, that top five, there's a reason why they're always in the national conversation. But yet, there's just one team in there that I'm always reminded of their shortcomings when I see how well they recruit, but they can't get it done on the national stage. And maybe that's even more of a testament to what Alabama's able to do on the field, even more so than recruiting, that they're able to dominate other teams that are even that are even recruiting on their same caliber. But I, I think that's more of an indictment, though, on Kirby Smart because the other teams that have recruited as well as Alabama, Ohio State has beaten them in a playoff before back in 2014, led to a national championship. Urban Meyer got it done. Ryan Day, not able to get it done this year. Gets manhandled, right? Not so sure about Ryan Day's credentials as a head coach yet compared to his predecessor, Urban Meyer. Of course, Urban Meyer is an all-timer in college football. How is he compared to Urban Meyer? We don't have enough of a sample size yet for him at Ohio State but then Dabo Dabo at Clemson is the only other guy that's actually been able to go toe-to-toe that is still coaching in college football that is because must I remind everybody that Gus Malzahn also had a substantial amount of wins against Alabama you eye roll but I'm just saying there's nobody else in college football that did it there's nobody else and is doing it right now not consistent not on a consistent basis so it's an indictment on Kirby Smart when there have been other coaches that have at least recruited on the same level as Alabama and have been able to beat them on the national stage Kirby Smart can't do it and it's one of those things where now I'm like I'll believe it when I see it because right now I'm seeing Mark Rick I mean it's Mark Rick with a better PR agent that's basically what it's been (laughs) that's been the Kirby Smart tenure is Mark Rick with a better PR agent we'll be back with on the line on the other side of this break here on ESPN 106.7 and on Fox Sports Central Alabama 